Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Bite Size podcast. Um, we're here to look at the uh, review of the Manchester City game, the 4-1 defeat at the Etihad, what it means for our season going forwards with five games left, and also to preview the Chelsea game on Tuesday at the Emirates. So I'm, of course, FPL Nima. I'm joined by Clayton at Clayton's AFC on Twitter. How, how are you feeling, man? I'm, I, I was deflated. I don't know if you've you're not, around you're accepting you're it right. now, but yeah, I'm all right now. Yeah, I feel really down. Um, like, and I think the thing I should clarify is like not, I feel like down in this season in particular, like I get it, like we kind of punched, not, not punched above our weight, but like exceeded expectations from the summer and stuff. But I just, it, I believed, right? Like I think, do you remember I was getting carried away? I was getting ahead of myself and I wasn't doing one game at a time. I genuinely thought two three months ago I thought we were going to go on and win it so as a result of that I'm depressed um in the in the wider context of like us as a football club and our trajectory over the next few years I'm so calm about that um like calmer than I'd think the average Arsenal fan if I'm being honest like I was speaking to Bobby quite a lot over the last couple of days and we're both on the same page about like where we're heading as a club and stuff but I think mine's just purely in isolation I think also like the manner of the defeat on Wednesday, like that was brutal. Like that was really, really brutal. And I think, yeah, I feel really down. Um, tell me more about your perspective, though. Like, where are you at? So you said you've kind of not made peace with it, but you're a bit more chill now. Like, come on, what's going on in your head? Yeah, I think I've just been fighting a lot of fire with fire. So obviously, I've been um, responding to the bait from some Man United fans. I know um, using words like bottling and stuff, and just kind of calling them out and just shitting on them and telling them that they're celebrating their rival, destroying their greatest success story and becoming yeah. the best team ever known in football history in the Prem. If they go on to win the treble, that is. Which um, I think they will. Yeah, so I've kind of told them like they need to relax. Um, but I think I just find it wild that we've lost four Premier League games out of 33. We're on 75 points, the most since the Invincible era. We've only ever been on more points at this stage after 33 games twice, and both times we were champions. Yeah, it, it, it's like you know, um, we we finally with, with that result, we've also you know just guaranteed UCL football after six seasons or something. So, what should have been a really happy day, our return to you know our guaranteed return to the Champions League after so long, has ended up being such a fucking devastating day. Has which it? tells you a lot of where we come, right? But that's what I mean. So that's crazy, right? Because before the season, you know, like people were predicting um, we weren't going to make top, top four. The the stats models were saying we were going to finish sixth or seventh. When you really deep it, we upgraded striker and left back. We upgraded yeah. two positions in the window. That's it. And I don't care what anyone else says. We still only have a 13 to 14 man squad. Yeah. We have, you know, we have two 21 year olds in Martinelli and Saka, 24 year old in Odegaard. Saliba's 21 as well. So 22, whatever he is. And it's like, I'm not allowing this label of bottlers to be applied to a team that have lost four Prem games this season, two of them against what could go on to be known as the greatest football team in the Prem of all time. Yeah, One of them against like United that. at Old Trafford, where you know our first goal shouldn't have been disallowed, and the other was just a shit show we had against Everton with the new manager bounce on the back. So, but that's our four fucking losses, right? And yeah. we scored more goals than we've ever scored. We've got more points on the board than we ever did. We've gone from fifth to challenging for a title. And yeah, we've fallen short, and it's fucking disappointing. But I am not allowing this bottling label. I'm sorry. Bottling should be reserved for what Chelsea are doing this season. 
that's fucking bottling, not what we're doing. I'm just, I, I will not accept that. No, and I'm then, with you. Yeah, so I was going to say, what do you think? Because that's kind of my main takeaway is I just think there's so much to be positive about and it's being drowned out by like people allowing other clubs, rival fans to dictate, to dictate how, how we, how we should and... feel. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's fucking wild. Yeah. Like, no one else has competed money. with this iteration of City. Like I know yeah. that there was the City team that lost some leagues before, but that was pre the best manager of all time, Pep Guardiola, coming there. And, you know, they're in a scenario where they are already six years into this. Like, this iteration with Pep is insane. And had Liverpool yeah. not competed with them for the last five years or so in us this year, this would well and truly be a farmer's league. I don't think any of the last 10, 11 Premier League winners outside of Man City win this league against this city team and i think especially like the last so the reason i was confident was i can't remember when this was specifically but like post world cup where city just looked like they just didn't look themselves they looked quite susceptible to they they just looked vulnerable in periods and they were chopping and changing their team and their formation a little bit he, he didn't really know his best system rico lewis was coming in and out of the team they were just tweaking things quite a lot and i just feel like the last two, three months, I can't pinpoint when it was, but they've just come across this system. And OK, it tweaks a little bit with where Stones is, whether he's starting at centre-back or inverted right-back and stuff. But this system, it just feels like they've, they're relentless with it. Like, and they've just got this inevitability about them, which is back again and stuff. And I just, I think they, I honestly think they'll go on to win the treble. And I'm with you. I don't think this is a bottle job. I, I think it's different outcomes, but similar underlying themes to last season where I don't think we bottled the top four last season I think injury cost us I don't think we've bottled the title this season I'm disappointed that I think there's been moments where we believed our own hype and we got a bit complacent in periods in certain games but fundamentally I think it's our squad again like we don't have the squad to go the distance I think like I'm not scapegoating holding at all but like if Saliba and Tommy Asu are available right now in this period of the season I think we're having a very different conversation and I think it's you hit the nail on the nail on the head whatever people say we have got a squad of 13 you look at their squad the yeah. other day, where they're flexing their muscles that's what we're up against and like, I'm so confident we'll get there man like you like look at City now right so like City for their part they can switch out one world-class player for another with zero interruption in service and no lack of cohesion um, they've built this you know we already know they've got advantages with infinite money that they've got away with and you know we've gone toe-to-toe with them like from a points like a Premier League points in the table point of view but from an actual depth point of view there's still a significant gap in quality in mentality in experience and watching that game is almost like a marker of what we still have to do of what we want to try to build so it's devastating but that game should never have been what defines whether we want to title or not where yeah. we fucked it was against Southampton, West Ham. These draws, these draws, we would not have needed to worry about getting absolutely fucking played off the park at the Etihad when they just hit peak exactly. rhythm. Yeah. Because we shouldn't have been dropping the points before. But maybe you could say that we just couldn't deal with it. And equally, one thing I would say is like Pep did some magic. Did you see him having a go at Edison oh, on Wednesday for the first goal? He was fucking telling them off. That's the mentality. He was telling me, why the fuck did you pass to the wrong player? Like their whole system is that the goalkeeper is supposed to pass. And then I saw someone put like diagrams and pictures of the video freeze frames. 
and he was supposed to pass like to someone specific as a center back who would then distribute it to the other defenders but he like panicked and passed it to one of the other ones which resulted in the ball over the top to fucking Haaland who flicked it to court. <laughs> and Pep was there fuming like what the fuck are you doing we've told you not to do that you're not meant to do this that allows Arsenal to press us and I was like <laughs> that's wild because I think it was Arsenal said like yeah he said Edison is their most dangerous player because when he's got the ball that's when the attack starts so yeah. everything they did everything they built we're nowhere near that yet like I, like what oh, I'm no. trying to say is like we've got an amazing 11 and plan A but we don't have like other plan Bs or we can't bring someone yeah. in and change system. We've, we've had to learn over time. They, they've spent years doing this, right? Fine-tuning yeah. it. Uh, Klopp's Liverpool did the same. They spent years building a system. Everyone understands it. And you you know, you know execute plan A to a T. And our first 11 at doing that, our first yeah. best class 11 can do that. But then to go beyond that, it requires seasons of building, adding depth. And iterations, right? Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's the main thing. Like... Um, they were just a different level. Like, imagine, like, they, they were fucking getting told off by their coach for scoring a goal because of, like, <laughs> the pass from the goalkeeper going to the wrong defender. And we didn't expect it, right? We were trying to press them. We thought they'd have three of them at the back. Uh, they didn't play the inverted player. They had four at the back. They didn't play um, Laporte, who we were salivating about yeah. Saka going up against him. They, they found the solution. They just played a Kanji there who seems to play everywhere and he can be fine. Um we just don't have that. Like this is, uh, like, and that will come, we, right? We that will come. Yeah, that's what I mean. It will come, but we were like tactically, we played our plan A because I think it was you can't change to a plan B for the first time this season in a game in of that, that magnitude. Game. I think we yeah. got battered regardless if we tried a different plan or this plan. Yeah, and it was, it, I think it, that... it was really disappointing, right? But what, what can yeah. we do? Like we just fallen short, and hopefully, my my thing is like we shouldn't be looking at the results based analysis. That's lazy, as we've said in previous episodes. We need to look at the process because then we can learn what we did well and what we need to improve. And just yeah. the final point I want to make is, do you remember last season, right? Um, you know, everyone was calling us that because we bottled top four last year, we were never going to recover. Chelsea and Spurs yeah, and United were here. You know, this year we're title contenders, right? Um, there's still lots of points to play for. And ultimately, we have to look at our depth and our naivety. And hopefully we learn from that. These players will become will, better. Yeah. But yeah, I was just really angry about this term bottling, which obviously Pontus in the chat says. Just a quick shout out, um, Delia, thank you for tuning in. Uh, Marsh as well, thank you for tuning in. And the future is very bright indeed. And Pontus, yeah, as you say, I I really hate uh, the idea of bottling. Um, You know, we we are the youngest average age scorer in the league and we've gone from fifth to challenging for a title in one season. We've secured Champions League for however long. We are so ahead of schedule. I think, like, already I've got people coming out to me saying, Oh, don't shoot the messenger! But Arsenal are more likely to miss top four next year. Than oh, I've seen year. this, and I'm like, I don't know where people actually get this from. Like, they I'm... said this shit last year as well. Yeah, right? literally. Like, like people, this is what I mean. Like, I think it's just like a coping mechanism because people are just a bit in denial about the sustainability of what we've built and like yeah. the patterns of play. And are like, like you said, Plan A. My God, like that. That is set. If if we're lucky with injuries, that is set to build like an eighty-five point campaign consistently in my opinion add in the layers and extra depth and your plan b's and c's that come with the years of learning like man city we're here to stay man like no doubt about that in my mind and like, people say, oh, some but... clubs will get better that is true but so That's... will we so will like... we we're, like i don't know why there's this thing where it's like everyone else is going to get better but like have you seen our age like have you it's just we I only have know. one position in our entire team that's got like players 
on the other side of the peak for their position. That's and CM. we're already proactively looking yeah, proactively to kind of recruit. For them, yeah. yeah, I just all yeah, our other positions, the noise. They're all young goalkeeper, defenders, fullbacks, uh, you know, wingers, strikers, cams. Like it's just central midfield. We need a couple younger profiles to bring in, um, and we're looking at good ones. I think. The other thing is, like, someone broke it down perfectly on Man City and it really resonated for me. Like, number one, they have infinite money. Number two, they have the best coach in the world. And number three, they have very, very good management in their executive positions. We're yeah. just slowly getting there, man. Like, we are, yeah. I, I just think it's wild. Um, and then the other thing, um, I do think that clubs like, say, Newcastle and Liverpool and United, I think they will be up there and they will be trying. Um, clubs like uh, Chelsea and Spurs, they're just chopping and changing constantly. I have zero conviction that those clubs, regardless of what they spend, yeah. will be up you know, there challenging. Why I'm so comfortable and confident, I just feel like neutrals will lazily say, oh yeah, X club is going to improve, Y club is going to improve. But just as Arsenal fans, block that outright because we know, and this is what I said last summer, we know our processes like off the back of our hand and how well we're running stuff. And all you need to say is, what do you think Arsenal Football Club can do points tally-wise, right? Mm. Just ask yourself that question because that, that is irrelevant to anyone else. Like, that, what everyone else does, that does not matter. Mm. If you say, what do you believe deep down Arsenal Football Club can do points tally-wise, you'll get your answer and that's all that matters. And it's well, not... Bobby and I got told, yeah, Bobby and I got told like, oh, points don't matter, second is the same as fourth and all this shite. And I'm like... You're beating us with a stick. And, and you know what I mean? They're like, oh, it's so funny. Like, Arsenal fans, like, you know, like, they bottled the league and, like, they, they've been acting like they won the league. They didn't win shit this year. We won the Carabao Cup. And I'm like, have some fucking shame. Like, you just got knocked out by 13th place Seville from fucking Europe, bruv. Like, do United understand that fourth place don't fucking guarantee Champions League football? Do they understand that if they come fourth, they start to play a fucking qualifier, they'll probably lose. Do they get that? Like, honestly, you know I'm just what? raging. Like, no, it's, it's a, yeah, they've been doing my head in as well. But you know, James from Planet FBL, again, a Spurs fan, yeah. Let me just say to you what he said to me. So people have been like, yeah. oh, who's had the better season, Man United or Arsenal? And he said, well, if you asked me at the start of the season, what's more likely, Man United would win a Carabao Cup and get fourth, or Arsenal would push City for the title, which one's more like, a bit shocking sort of thing back then and actually like okay going forward who's better set that's it yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the question God. it's not just that though like let's look at the fact that they're having like premature ejaculation over 10 home games in the cup in a row the odds of that are one in you know four thousand i read so what they played all these non-premier league teams all the way to the final and then got to play newcastle in a final without their fucking goalkeeper yeah. like and then they got and they played like the small team and got dominated by Newcastle the whole game and then gone on to win. So, I'm sorry, but, like, if they think they can stop City from the treble in the FA Cup final, good luck to them because I, I can't wait to see what happens. Um, I think that team that we saw, that City team earlier in the season, as you mentioned, I think it's a good point to go back to that. They were not quite set. Pep was yeah. overthinking. He was tinkering. Cancelo was still a bit of, like, a bad issue in the dressing room. There was some laziness. They didn't want to break a sweat. Like, They'd previously won, so he couldn't motivate them. He said, he said, you know, they've won it before. It's hard to motivate them. I think that since the World Cup, we've been looking worse and yeah. they've been looking better. And now they've gone back to their perfect best. And I would say that if, if I have a final thought on this, it's not, that, it's not about bottling. It's about our only fault was that we weren't perfect. Because to yeah. beat this Man City team to a yeah, league title, perfect. you need to be perfect. 
Two draws don't define you. And you know what's wild? We're saying all this and Arsenal's still top of the fucking Premier League. Now <laughs> yeah, this abuse in my mentions. It's as if like, yes, I get Man City's running looks great, but they've got two Madrid ties. They're not immune to injuries themselves, even though they have depth. Yeah. And, you know, and it's in I don't wish injury on anyone, but anything can happen. You know, it's so true, I think yeah. our main thing is, right, we have to make this league go to the last day of the season. Yeah. So that's my next point. Like, we can't just give now, up now. Like, yeah. Like, we can't, we can't fucking go on a day. That will be embarrassing if we decline that. Like, we need to go. We need to not be Dr. Arsenal. High. Yeah, we can't be Dr. Arsenal and resuscitate teams like Chelsea who have one fucking goal in seven games. Like, we're going to fucking slap them and get some confidence back. <laughs> and then once we've done that, we need to just keep going so that when it comes to the last week of the season, Man City are like, shit, we've got Brighton and Brentford away. And we have to win these games to get that title. It's not just a formality. Because if they've already won it by then, then we have not, you know, really pushed them all the way. So that's the one thing I will say is I really want to see this team bounce back from what's happened. I think the City game has been playing on their mind leading up to it. It's caused us issues in the three games prior to it. Now it's out the way. And I just hope Arteta picks them back up again and yeah. they can like I think he will. just go I'll for it. it. I'm confident we'll bounce back. But yeah, like you, I just I just hope we don't go on like these streaky negative runs now. Like I hope it's just put it behind us, end this like end what has been a phenomenal season mm. on a high and make City earn it. Don't give it to them. Make them have to win every game. That's all we can do. Yeah. That's all we can do. And I think just the last thing is like obviously this season's been phenomenal regardless of how it ends. And mainly because we believe again. When was yeah, the last time did. you genuinely believed? Mate, I'm going to put a bet on us to win the league in. next year. Like, I'm, I think we'll challenge. I'm very confident. Like, you know, the question I just said, ask yourself, what points tally do you think Arsenal can yeah. do? I think we'll consistently be doing 85-point seasons minimum. Like, I think depending on what we do depth-wise and how far we go in Europe, who knows? I, like, I, I, think, I think our floor has gone from being 70-72 to now, like, 83-85 to 85 as a floor. Um, yeah, there's a big. What are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on this idea that the only team who could bottle the league this season, last season, and next season is Manchester City? What do you mean? As in the, the only team in the Prem who can bottle the league this year, last season, or next season is Man City. Yeah, the, no yeah, one else can true. bottle the league. It's, it's theirs to fucking bottle, right? Like, yeah, because they're just. How can anyone yeah, like, else bottle that league? I mean, like like, oh, you were so many points ahead, and I'm like. United were five points ahead of City with four games to go. And then they're telling me, why are you showing me the league in 2012? Uh, <laughs> City won it on the last day. And I'm like, fucking bottled a five-point lead with four games to go. We've got five games to go and we only have a two-point lead. And it's what you said about... Out, so- <laughs> yeah, it's what you said about people just being like outcome-based and results-based, right? It's just, yeah... Yeah, but I, I think I've know. got that on my system. I feel better. Yeah, no, good. No, well said. I feel better of just listening to you, to be fair. <laughs> because honestly, people have been so negative. And one of the reasons I've come to the conclusion of it, and I think just to respond to Delia, because this is true, is um, she says she doesn't understand the hate that Arsenal fans keep on getting. And maybe once you're good, people feel threatened. So I think, I think they just hate us, Delia. I'll be honest with you. Um, we when, when we didn't think we were in a title challenge, they were telling us we were. Yeah, and then when we're not going to win it, potentially they're the first to be there and say you bottled it. And they've been waiting. Like, I, I know they try to dictate like, the yeah. narrative, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. And all season they've told us we're going to fall off this tree, and then when we do, they're like, "Oh my god, you bottled it!" But how can it be bottling if you've said all season that we're not going to win? I know. And but, like, like, it makes no to, fucking sense. Go back to all of their predictions, like, oh my god, like you remember that athletic lot when they were just. 
all of them. Yeah, yeah. Conte, Spurs, title challenges, this, that. Like, like they've won think... the Premier League window, yeah. transfer window, all this shite. And I, I just don't know what to say. Honestly, it's, it's just fucking embarrassing. Um, you know, we got laughed at and called bottlers for uh, dropping a two-goal a two lead at Anfield. Fucking United dropped the two-point lead yesterday and they're telling me you can't call me a bottler. I'm like, you're a fucking bottler, mate, yourself. Like, what is this shit, bruv? Like, you, this is a team that was 5-0 down in 20 minutes the week before and you're losing yeah. a 2-0 lead. And we got called bottlers for a 2-0 lead at Liverpool. This we is why I'm so up. glad I've deleted the Twitter app, man. <laughs> like I know why, yeah. You, you don't want to waste your energy on these people, bro. <laughs> yeah. um, I like our like therapy lot... sessions here. That does me fine. <laughs> now, a lot of them are my friends. So, obviously, like, it is a bit of banter here and there. We put each other's legs and some of them concede, like, Tinesh, who you saw. I don't know if you saw him, but he was at the barbecue. He, he kind of conceded to me that, like, you know, if, if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be very happy with the season. Actually, you know, you've done really well to go here. No one thought you would. So, the banter, so that's the other thing I've noticed. A lot of the time, they just want to bait us. And deep yeah. inside, they know that it's been a good season for us. They just don't want to admit it. They can't yeah, accept exactly. it. Yeah. They just can't accept it. Why don't we talk a little bit about what went wrong at City? And then... Yeah. I think we're not going to spend too long on this game. I think it was more about the emotion where we're like at we've kind of we need to do. Covered, yeah, we've kind of covered it. Like, I don't think we need to go dissect every goal. Like, I feel like that's everyone that's... Everyone watched the game, right? Like There's nothing for us to add. I yeah, there's nothing me, to say. I think my only thing was that Pep obviously changed. He played in a way that they've not played in 2023. And yeah. we prepped to press them against the system that we had seen them playing since all of 2023. And yeah. they didn't. And we didn't My, have an answer to that. You know, but, when people say, like, you feel like you're playing against a team and you just feel like they've got an extra man. I felt like they had two extra men. Every time I saw us trying to get out and we were just swamped, like Zinchenko was trying to get into areas. And every time I looked, it was just swamped around people. Every time they had the ball... You know how we create three V2s and two V1s? It felt like they had four V2s and five V3s. Like, everything just felt so overwhelming. And I just couldn't see a way out anywhere. And I think for me, my biggest disappointment was I know how good we are. And I know they're on a different level. But I feel like in the home game, we more than kind of held our own, especially in the FA Cup and stuff. And I think for me, this was just levels. And like, this, I think this is where their point. rhythm has come in. Yeah. They're ready. Like, they're we, at their we, best. Couldn't have been, we couldn't be playing them at a worse time for us and yeah. also at their best moment as well. And I, I wish think we that's played really, them when yeah. the Queen passed away, mate. Like back then in <laughs> fucking like October or whenever it was, like back then before the World Cup, we were looking great. We were in our strides. They hadn't quite figured out what was going wrong with them. You know, I just wish... that. I think that's the one thing that frustrates me. We never got to play them pre-World Cup when we yeah. were at our best. And not once in the three games this season did we get to fucking play them with our best eleven. And so much of that happened. Just right? frustrates like, me. But like the timing of things, think about like we literally couldn't have got Everton away at a worse moment. Any other time in the season, no. we're beating them. And it's just like little things like that. I, I feel the same about City because in that home game, I stand by that first half when the Bernardo at left back thing wasn't quite working. OK, it's on us. We didn't quite punish it. But if it wasn't for the individual mistake that led to that yeah, first individual up, mistakes, right? Um, yeah. The last two games, Grealish came out and said we were the better team. Like, I think it's just the golf. I didn't expect this. Like, same after the way we performed in the first two games against them, I didn't expect this. Basically, like, yeah. as you say, it felt like we were chasing shadows. And Martinelli got hooked like 60th minute with 11 touches. We could not even get the ball to 11 our touches, was it? 11 fucking touches. And we couldn't even I think get. I the read ball like to holding had 86 or something. I'm sure I read. Or was that passes? It was other passes. Probably was maybe yeah. maybe one. Of them. I honestly, it's just 
and you know you can argue about like should like we have done better on the first goal like but then the goalkeeper you know kept it kept it quite good we almost made it in one nil at half time and City are good enough they don't need gifts from fucking VAR as well like I don't understand like why that fucking goal wasn't offside but I'm not going to debate that either I've nah. cussed VAR enough this season the they were going to batter us regardless <laughs> yeah the angles confuse me it, like to me it looks like the one that the frame that VAR uses after the ball leaves his foot you don't see the ball in that frame but in the one we saw originally apparently like that one doesn't count because it doesn't have the VAR frame around it but yeah. they're telling me it's the exact same moment just from a different angle I don't know um they said it's the margin uh, benefit of the doubt given to the attacker because the two lines were so close. I don't. But I feel like when I it's us, Matt, we don't we don't get this level I mean. of granular granular analysis. It's like wow, where, where does that's this what come? I mean. And, and like obviously there was other incidents, like you know, uh, obviously they could have had a penalty early on. I don't know if it was maybe you could argue yeah. that ADB I kicked Marty or Party uh, yeah. got in his way. Like, but as in like. Overall, whatever happened with that offside onside goal, they were going to batter us. I, I think we stood no chance from the moment yeah, we got there. Like, the boys did uh, not think like they believed they could win. Did you think that as well? So I was, yeah. I was with my mate, and I don't know. Like I try not to like psychoanalyze things because I think so much of that is probably just believing your own bull- bullshit sometimes. But I did feel like we did not look like a team that believed they were going to go there and win. And like just yeah, body language. Like who am I to analyze body language? But I got an opinion like everyone else. I just thought they looked a little bit beat already. And then you saw the city players laughing, smiling, and like kind of relaxed. And like I don't know. Like I said, I try not to psychoanalyze, but I can't help it. And I, I thought we looked beat before kickoff. Did you feel the yeah. same then? Sometimes you feel like it's... I think you've said it before. Sometimes when you see a team sheet, you feel beat. Something felt off the moment I saw Walker in. And I'm like, bro, they've called this guy up from, like, the pits of a fucking black hole just to bring him in to stop us. Like, we don't have that luxury. <laughs> we just don't have that fucking luxury. Um, it just felt... Something felt off. Because I was looking at that lineup and I was like, they're not looking like that flat back four is moving into like the way they've played all season so, yeah did you see like a few minutes in Gundogan just ran all the way up into our box like just, I was like what I, that was the moment I knew I think when I saw Gundogan yeah. just run through like that and it was like a few minutes into the game I was like oh we are in fucking trouble I think like, yeah the big the biggest difference for me from us tactically in this game was and I guess we've shown signs of it for a while was like the midfield just slowly feeling a little bit too reliant on party to completely do everything. And it felt really disjointed. And I know a lot of that was because of how good city were at overloading and creating those like advantages numerically, but man, that our midfield just felt completely torn apart. And I think the way De Bruyne was playing all over high up, like, if he would, like, did you see that interview where he was talking about the double sixes and stuff? And yeah, how he was like occupying they changed your word they play and they were waiting for and us to then as they would yeah. vacate the spaces and stuff oh man and i just think that yeah we we just got completely outclassed and yeah it was a masterclass from pep but i think for me it was just like the sheer golfing quality was a bit of a uh hard it was definitely eye-opening yeah it was eye-opening for anyone who thought that like we could just get through like fine and like we were just gonna like get to the title i think well this is the last time i'm ever making a prediction not on logic again because logically there was nothing in me that thought we'd get anything but i was like i watched fever pitch i watched the 89 film i've got this thing in my heart fuck your heart man (laughs) it's what we wanted rather than what we thought could happen yeah you're right it's fucking sad man um the whole thing honestly is just so sad um 
But I don't want it to define us. And crazy no. things have happened in the Premier League before. And if we push them the whole way, we have to do our job. We have to keep pushing. If we push them the whole way and they go on and win every single game between now and the end of the season, they've got like fucking eight games or something, that's seven games at least, then fair play. Then yeah. our fault was that we weren't perfect. But that's why but I want that's us what I mean, to we finish need to this push season. Them. Yeah, if we finish the season, again, I was chatting to Bobby, if we finish the season on 86 points, for example, that's our third ever, third highest ever Premier League total. And like you said, the other two, we've gone on to win the league, right? Like, if we finish like that... Yeah. Then so we need, what, 11 points play. out of the five games, don't we? Yeah. To get to if, yeah. if it then turns into, I don't know, we draw Chelsea, we lose Newcastle, we lose Brighton, like, then you're kind of looking at it like, fuck, man. But if we actually It's, it's like once we lost the target, we just fully fell off. Yeah, we can't yeah. do that. Whereas if we make City, like you already said, if we make them go and have to win majority of their games and we kind of make it go to the last two, then you can hold your hands up and be like, do you know what? We gave it a good old go, and like, I think we have anyway. But yeah, we're all on the same page, and we just, I just need think to finish that it still, I just think there's still a few more um, twists and turns. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, I, I do. I, I think there's more to come yet. Um, let's see how things go. But those games against Madrid are going to be intense, and um, yeah, they will be. A lot, a lot can happen. In I that do time. think they're going to win, though. <laughs> as intense yeah, as yeah, I, yeah, 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 I think I they think... will. I think they will. But it's more about. We need them to be in a situation where they can't just like rest people in the prem by yeah, then. Exactly. We need to make them have to make difficult choices and play people through fatigue and make errors in the prem. Or like we can't just let them walk it. We have to keep going. We come all this way. Um, and it starts with Chelsea on Tuesday. So I guess that's what we probably spend a few minutes just yeah. chatting about now. Um, there isn't too much to say about it, but I guess it's just the question of do we change anything? Is it time for Trossard to get into the team? Is it time for Nelson to get into the team? Like we saw Smith throw cameo when the game was pretty much dead against City. We haven't seen him for a while. Um, almost a bit cruel sending him in there, but I guess he kind of thought the game's done. Like got to give him some minutes. The guys played nothing this year. So yeah. any any changes for you? Like is there anyone that would come in into your lineup? What I want to like again, it's like what I say about want versus. No, yeah, what I want versus what I think he'll do, right? And what I want is I think Nelson deserves a shot. I think Trossard deserves a shot. I think uh I was just trying to think what else. Yeah, I think like I know Rob Holding is the obvious elephant in the room, but I'm not quite there with the mental gymnastics in what everyone else is suggesting we do. I just think that changes. Unfortunately, I just don't see an alternative. Like I'd be happy to be educated otherwise. I'm just not quite sure what we do. So in terms of what I think we'll do, <laughs> I think it's going to be the same team. Um, I think maybe Trossard could come in for either Martinelli or Jesus, but I don't think he'll change anything. And I think this is what, you know what you said about like our plan A is so bloody good. I do think we're in this weird spot where it's like you've got someone like Trossard, who's probably been one of the best, but you know the individual quality of the other front three. And I just feel like he doesn't have an alternative way to get all four of them in coherently. Mm. And it's like in his head, I think he overthinks it. He's like, okay, I can't take them out because they're so good. But Trossard's also been performing at this level. Um, so I've, I think <laughs> we're kind of in a weird spot where we do need to develop a kind of plan B where you can integrate people without feeling like you're losing anyone. Um, yeah, but what about the likes of the experienced players? Because obviously, like, you could look to Zinchenko, Party, and um, even Jesus and argue that all three of them don't necessarily deserve a start. And 
is it time for Tierney, Jorginho and Trossard to get those starts? I don't know. Like, does he do all yeah. of them in one game? Does he just do one of them? Because I, I think he'll make a change. I just don't think it will be all of them in one go. I think that's the biggest thing. I'm, I'm with you. I think he'll make a change. I just, he doesn't strike me as someone to be quite reactionary and go and do something like that personally. Um, so I, I think like Trossard will come in, but couldn't tell I guess it's who though, right that's now. Because yeah. it might not even be for Jesus. Like, it could be for Saka. It could be for Martinelli. Like, we just don't know. Um, I don't think he comes in as a left eight for Xhaka. No. I, I don't see that. I think there's an, there's a world where Jorginho starts against Chelsea, maybe, his old club. Yeah. Like, it could be something Do you there. Think maybe that would be like for like then instead of party. But that's the thing. I wonder if it would be instead of Xhaka and play a double pivot and just calm the fuck down a bit for a few games because we just need to calm down a bit. Yeah, and he did do that, right? He kind of bought Jorginho one for... Was it for Xhaka? Um, was it? Yeah, I, I think, think it was because Party yeah. stayed on. Yeah, Party stayed on. Yeah. It wasn't like the previous game because there's been a lot of uh, collapses in these draws leading up to it, wasn't there? There was the three yeah. games where obviously we just got three points out of nine and that was pretty... Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah. uh, depressing, I guess is the word. But I was going to say just like, it just felt like that was... It felt like the signs were there that Going into it was game, we were not in the right place. Yeah, yeah we weren't in the right rhythm, I say. But uh, yeah, I guess to stop beating around the bush from me because I'm struggling to commit to. It, I think we're not going to change too much. I think the usual players will start. I do think Trossard will come in, um, and I guess right now, if I had to say for who, I think it would be for Jesus, which sounds a bit crazy, just because how well that front three dynamic was doing well. Um, but yeah, I think that would be my main prediction of a change in the lineup. Um, I'm wondering if there's a world in which maybe this is too much, but I don't think he'd do this against Chelsea, probably. But a world where he does play Tierney at left back and tries okay. Zinchenko in midfield, but interesting, he's never started Zinchenko in midfield like from the no. start of the game, has he? No, and that's the thing. I think, like, I used to like the idea of Zinchenko in that left eight, but I think the reason I've gone off it is I think so much of why it works starting inverted left back is he can then join next to party, whereas his starting position as a left eight is different. And also, mm. the left eight role for us requires so many defense, so many like jewels and stuff, right? And Zinchenko is just not very good at that. So I think that's why I've kind of moved away from it. I think it's more the starting position in that left-back spot that kind of enables him to go and do, do what he does best. And I think we'd actually lose that if he started from the left-eight role. Um, Any but... world in which he plays um, Tierney at right-back and centre-back? I, I don't see that, no. I don't know. What no, about yeah, you? Do you... I, I don't think he'll do that. Um, well, it's still more realistic than uh, the shouts for a youth team Royal Walters to Honestly, man, I, I, right I don't now. know if you saw, I tweeted, like, I went to watch the under-18 cup final with Dan, FPL fella, right? And like, I've seen the un, I've seen the youth team a, a few times this season. And, like, don't get me wrong, we've got some amazing talent coming through. And but even, like, the likes of Sousa and stuff, like, I've seen so many people on Twitter, like, oh, I'll get this guy in the Europa League team. Every time I see him, like, he's not ready. Like They're very raw, aren't they? I think people get a bit excited over YouTube footage rather than full games. Yeah, and every time I see them, I'm like, none of these are ready to make that actual step up into the first team. And I don't know, just, yeah, I think some of our fans are just, like, mind-blowing with some of the crazy predictions and stuff. But, um, yeah, in terms of the actual Chelsea game, though, like, I know it all feels doom and gloom, but I'm fairly confident that this will be a game where we kind of I think if we don't tweak too much, just kind of go in, play our game, 
and just be a little bit more pragmatic like just don't go in 100 miles an hour to start just kind of feel our way into the game a bit get the confidence back get the, like I, one of my football managers when I was playing and like I remember I used to get a bit nervous and stuff and like I'm quite good on the ball and so everything he'd say was just, just play it simple get the ball don't look for the Hollywood pass just knock it about and that's how you get your confidence up and I think if our team do that because I do think they've lost a bit of confidence. Like I think if they just do that, and then slowly through the game, you'll see them get that zip back that's been missing and stuff. I just think go back to basics. Like don't overcomplicate things. And I, I think we'll beat Chelsea. Like I don't think it will be like a an annihilation, which it should be based on the quality of the two teams. But I think we'll do it. I, I think it will be a good game for us to kind of yeah, bounce back, back to winning ways. And then what's after? Yeah. I think Newcastle after that. Yeah, so Newcastle at uh, St. James's Park, and then I think Brighton at the Emirates. Um, and then Forest. And then we just have two games left, right? Forest and Wolves? Yeah. 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 yeah just I the think, final yeah. five games. So, go well, on. Shall we do score predictions? Yeah, let's do a score prediction. Um, fuck me. We, we, like, we have played a bunch of teams who were out of form into form recently in real <laughs> like, with the likes of, like, say, Southampton and West Ham and others. Yeah. Um, Surely we can't be Dr. Arsenal to such an abysmal Chelsea That team, phrase is cracking me up when you're coming up with that, Dr. Yeah, Arsenal. I think it was one of the guys in that uh, Arsenal group chat. Someone said even Dr. Arsenal can't save this team. Um, fucking hope not, mate. I've seen Dr. Arsenal save a lot of teams. Who've been yeah, we, we've saved far too many teams. <laughs> over the years, right? Um, I hope we don't see Dr. Arsenal at the, uh, the Emirates on Tuesday night. Um if I put my kind of uh, nervousness about Dr. Arsenal aside um, and just we go back to basics, we, we try to get the basics right, we tweak one or two positions max and don't reactionary overthrow the whole 11, then I'm going to go with 2-0. Same prediction for me. I think it will be uh, like, yeah, just work our way into the game, kind of settle the nerves, we'll score and then kind of, yeah, just feel our way through it. I just, I think it will actually end up being quite, this is going to come back to bite me. I think it'll be quite a relaxing game. Maybe um, in comparison to the last one. Yeah, like I don't yeah, think well, the last anything's yeah. relaxing compared to those. Um, what are you guys in the chat thinking? What are your score predictions yeah, against Chelsea? Give us a shout. Yeah, let us know what you're thinking. If you have any final questions, because we're going to get out of here and uh, go back to work. But it's been fun to spend this lunchtime uh, having that therapy. And I think especially to start the episode, just looking through kind of what that yeah, well said from you. Means yeah. for us. I think it was just really tiring seeing the bottling quips on the timeline, and I just had to come out and kind of give our defense yeah, squash them. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's all about what we do next now. So it's all about making sure we do go back to winning ways against Chelsea and don't ruin what should be a really, uh, you know, celebratory season and end the, of one, the season. One final thing for me, like just to the point on like rotation and stuff, like it's hard, right? Because you look at City and their depth, and I don't think City fans are like, oh, you can't drop Grealish because he's so good because they've got someone like Foden. They don't, they're not like, you can't drop Mares because he's so good. Like, but that's kind of, if you look at Nelson, his cameo, you're, you're kind of like, he deserves a, a go, right? He's looked if good look, in every cameo so far. Right? Yeah. And, but then it's like, you can't drop Saka. And then I don't know, it's the same with Trossard. It's like, I'm really torn. I'm like, he's been one of our best players since he's come in. But you, we know the level of Martinelli and Jesus. So I think it's like, for me, I don't know the answer to this, but it's like, how do we get to that step where we're comfortable at just chopping and changing people? Because right now I feel like we've all got this thing in us where we're a little bit fearful and like, no, we we, we can't take Saka out for a game. Like, well, me personally anyway, but how do we get to that level where it's like, okay, we're just comfortable. Like, 
we've got these options we trust them and i don't know if that's just something that comes with time as you trust them but i don't know yeah that's personally where i feel like we're at as a football club right now we're kind of in that transition into getting to that stage where we feel comfortable rotating options whereas right now i'd say the only option i don't know we don't really have one where it's like okay doesn't matter if they're in because player Y is coming in instead. I still feel like we're all a little bit hesitant about chopping and changing. Yeah, no, that's really well said. I think um, that's what I was saying at the beginning about kind of they have the ability to replace one world-class player with another and not lose any cohesion. Yeah. And I don't think we have that right now. Um, yeah, so we, we definitely need to do... And on that note, so Delia's question before we go is around who would you get this summer to improve our squad? I'm really looking forward to what big things we will achieve next year. So I guess the obvious answer is you've been pushing for like central midfielders since last summer, let alone in January. Yeah, so, I think we need two central midfielders personally, but like good yeah, ones. The, the worrying news coming out more recently is there was a lot of rumours that we were in for two and now it's kind of like, oh no, they're not going to get both because money's a big issue and now oh, the club it? needs to sell and they're going to have to, you know, pick one or the other. So it's going to end up being kind of like a, I guess it's a Declan Rice summer. It seems like he's the one that most people will want to go in for. Um, yeah, he's he's been, he's definitely been uh, working on improving his price tag over the last few yeah. years, <laughs> making sure. Um, I think he really tried extra hard against us to make sure that we know what we're missing if we don't sign him. Um, I know Caicedo. Um, we felt burnt by his uh, agent and Brighton last January, so I don't know if we go back in there again. I don't know which one I would prefer, but I would want at least one of those two. So like that, that's kind of the starting point for me. Yeah. I feel like we need another striker. Um, I feel Eddie and Jesus are too similar. Um, okay. I think one of Balogun or Eddie will go. I think this summer we'll have the Champions League money and there will be sales that maybe we're not expecting. I think we're going to sell players that people don't want us to sell. And they include the likes of Tierney. It could even yeah. be Smith-Rowe. It could be Xhaka. It could be Party. There's lots of players that could be sold. If we can get like so, the world in which we get say like a rice and Kaiseido together is a world in which we sell depends on the sales. Yeah. yeah, I think there's yeah. going to be a big churn this summer. Like I think Arteta is going to go for broke net, not for broke. Like that insinuates we're desperate. Like I, th- I think we're going to fully go to challenge for everything. And I think to do that, he's got a very clear idea in what tools he needs. Um, and I think to Delia's actual question, I just think it's about bolstering the options in each group. So think of the defense as a group, like forget specific positions, just think of it yeah. as a group. We all know the options. And I think it's like not having someone like holding who needs to step in. Cause I think if Tommy Asu was fit right now, we'd all be having very different conversations. I just think we need another one for that group. Yeah. I think the midfield, we need more different versatility for different game states so it's like bolster that as a group the forward unit what you just said we need to add to that as a group and i think it's like if we just think that way it's like what ingredient are we missing in that group let's go get that rather than yeah. the specificity oh, i'm not even gonna like try to yeah, it's what you said last time right you said it's not the specific players we don't really care who we're linked to like we're not going to get too upset as a player it's what can they bring quality wise to this overall yeah. team and i think that's what it's all about having different profiles for different game states because right now we're so good at executing one game state it's just our plan a. Style a. Of there play. is literally no plan b yeah like just, on we wednesday can't anything else <laughs> on wednesday imagine the athleticism of someone like rice in that midfield where we were really lacking that like yeah, um, I think it's just about bolstering the overall defence, midfield, attack, like back to basics, but just beef up the quality of this squad and raise the floor, raise the floor of the yeah. squad. 
No, no, well said. And there's a lot of players who I think will be moved on as well beyond. Like, obviously, I mentioned. I think you're bang on who you said. Like, I mentioned big names, but there's. I'm saying there's a lot of money we can raise from like the not so big names. Yeah. Like the likes of Pablo Marie, the likes of um, you know, who who else is there? There's a Pepe. There's a, you know, there's there's a lot of players out there we've forgotten about, dude. Like they're they're fucking everywhere. Like there's you know there's the holding. There's how many. there are a lot of players we're just not even considering right now, yeah, especially yeah. the ones on loan. Yeah, but take like just from a, raising the quality of the squad, just take this as an example. Jacko, we've seen how important he is to the team this season, and we see it when we miss him, right? Imagine having someone to, because he can be upgraded. Imagine having someone that can upgrade on him and not selling him, keeping him around. Imagine then we're comfortable in big games if Jacko's playing, calm. If it's not him, if it's someone else, calm. Like, I think it's getting to that level where right now we're so fixated on specific players, but it's kind of moving away from that where we've got that versatility. Um, and yeah, raising the floor is the only way to describe it, I guess. And then just to parting thoughts, so Josh says he agrees with you, Clayton. And even though we haven't seen it yet, there is a clear strategy as to why Edu and Mikel San Vieira. So, you know, obviously Arteta was saying about him that no one else in the squad can do what he does and we should be excited. And obviously we've not quite seen it, but it's that idea again of having different profiles and, having someone who can do something different that isn't just all our players do the same shit. And that's why I'm really keen for the forward group that we do get a proper goal-scoring strike. Yeah, me too. We literally don't have one right now. Yeah, I'm talking like, obviously, I know we were in for Vlahovic. He snubbed us. He's looking to get out of Juve. He's apparently back on our target list. Apparently, Calvert-Lewin's back on our target list. He he would be the perfect Dr. Arsenal signing. (laughs) Like, ever since that 21-goal Premier League season that he fucking flew, the guy's been playing, like, two minutes a season since. And yeah. I hope he recovers because he was a great talent. But we, we need we need a goal-scoring fucking striker, man. And someone who plays differently to the hold-up play strikers we have yeah. right now. And, um, and you see how it got used against us, right, in terms of having that tall option that, yeah, there's just a bit more physical and a bit old-school. I think, yeah, like you say, different option, versatility, have a proper goal scoring number nine as an option never a bad thing <laughs> and then Marsh says uh, looking forward to the players celebrating past Ober <laughs> again uh, that would be epic I think wasn't Ober had like five touches that game or something and got subbed I think so yeah that made me so happy because I was convinced he would score against us but um, yeah same not not that time and then Josh's final question and we would really get out of here this time after this is Pep mentioned in the past Mikel is more of a personal coach and you can see that in the way he's handled players Will he struggle to let go of some of the players he's fond of? I think he can be brutal and cutthroat if he needs to be. I was going to say, like, I actually find that surprising. And I've not seen that quote before. I think he, I get the impression he's quite ruthless. Um, yeah, right? I would think he's quite ruthless and cold. Um, like, obviously, he's got that. So I feel he's got the kind of the managerial qualities of Wenger in the personal um high emotional Make intelligence. Make them feel being, safe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And really try to help them get the best out of themselves and like that philosophical side of life. But yeah. he's then got that cutthroatness and steely, ice-cold part of Pep in him as well. Yeah. He's almost to like the hybrid evolving. of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, like not to get left behind, to keep getting better, to keep trying new things. Are you on the boat? Crazy ideas. Yeah. So if you're not on the boat, like you could see it in the all or nothing when, um, when he came into the dressing room, there was that game and he like, laid into one of them. I don't know whether it was Pepe or Lekonga or Tavares. He fucking laid into one of them. I remember. Do you want to play Champions League? That one. <laughs> that one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He was like... So, I, I do think he will get rid of them. Um, I, I, I think we're probably... 
us as the fans are going to be the ones who are more upset and nostalgic about certain players. I would love Tierney to stay and fight for his place and keep fighting, keep getting better gone. and stay injury-free, but I think he's gone. Yeah, I think he's gone. I just hope it's not to Newcastle. I it's think what you said about Smith Rowe as well, you know, I could see that. I don't think Jack or Party will go, but I, I could see a yeah. Smith Rowe sale as much as I don't yeah. want to. Um, hopefully there isn't, but there's there's something there. Hopefully he's just given him the Martinelli treatment and he's coming back from long injuries and yeah, you'll get back crossed. in after pre-season. But yeah, no, there's players that I wouldn't want to go, but I think there will be at least one or two that are fan favourites that will be sold. To I think we just, we just need to be open-minded. Trust them. They know what they're doing. And like, yeah, we have to let go of favourites, right? Unless it's Saka, yeah. then yeah, yeah, they'll yeah, be right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The only thing that will make me happy right now is an extension for uh, Saliba and, uh, and Saka, Saka to be announced. Yeah. Yeah, that would make me happy. You're back on that lag, by the way, where your audio is fine, and then like ten seconds later, like oh, maybe that's the key to get out of here. Then definitely. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, it's good to see you all and chat with you this Friday lunchtime. Have a lovely bank holiday weekend if you're in the UK. Enjoy the free day weekend. So we don't play till Tuesday, so hopefully um, we're in a much better place by then, and we've recovered a bit from the trauma of uh, the midweek this week. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, if you found it entertaining, if we made you laugh, please hit that like button and subscribe if you're new. Otherwise, we will get out of here and see you guys next time. Up the Arsenal and awesome. let's keep going on to great things. Cheers, everyone. Up the Arsenal. Come on. Come on, you guys.